Hello, hello. Welcome to the Two Coffee Teacher Podcast. My name is Alex. And I'm Josh. We're two young educators who want to contribute to our field. On this podcast, we talk about education and relevant content we can apply in our classrooms. It's our hope that this podcast can also encourage educators without needing that second cup of coffee. If you're new to the podcast, howdy, hello, hey, what's up? Uh, If you're a regular subscriber, thank you for tuning in as usual. And uh, once again, for all of our new people, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you for hopping in on our podcast. For today's main topic, we're going to be discussing classroom management strategies, behavioral management, uh, applicable things that we can do in our classrooms to better manage our rooms. I think we would, a lot of us would say that behavior management is a top priority for yeah, teachers. Yeah, we decided on this episode, especially building off of uh, our previous episode with our student teaching experiences, we both kind of concluded that uh, the, the behavior management portions uh, takes a pretty high precedent with responsibility and mm-hmm. with uh, importance and uh, teaching, so we, we figured that this would be a fun topic uh, to discuss. But first off, Josh, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, our Twitter, uh, we, we retweeted a map. Do you want to talk about that for a few yeah, minutes? Yeah, I think this is something kind of interesting that we can touch on. Uh, I'm not sure how many people have viewed this map or how many people already know about it, uh, but I thought it would be important to, to bring it up just as a way, to something to think about. Uh, The title of the article is called, What Happens When Each State is Renamed According to Its Education Level? If you Google that, if you type that in, it should come up pretty quickly. Uh, What somebody did is they put a map of the United States together. They compared the level of education available in that state compared to the subsequent rank of countries and their success in education. So maybe yeah. the top state is the top country in education, and so so far down the line. So as you look at this map, uh, it's kind of hard to discuss, discuss to our audience on audio platforms. So take a minute, pause, go look up this map, and then click in so you can hear our kind of analysis of it. Yeah, so this map uh, used information for, just like Josh said, it was uh, United States high school graduation rates, uh, and other United States census information state by state. And then they looked at the United Nations Development Program, the UNDP, a great resource for looking at developing countries and uh, other information, relevant information about all of our countries underneath the United Nations. But uh, they used education indexes and other uh, rates from these other countries. So then that's how they were able to use that data to match it up. And the results were uh, definitely intriguing, I would say. Yeah, I think if you look at the map, you'll see that a lot of the the states uh, in the northeast, kind of like in the uh, New Hampshire, New York, Massachusetts kind of area, New England, uh, is matched up with some of the countries that we typically acknowledge as being some of the better countries for education. Yeah, Scandinavian countries. Scandinavian countries, yeah. yeah. So what, according to our map and just off our general knowledge, so we, I would say that uh, in no particular order, top states with education uh, would be, I would think New York is definitely up there. Um, we would also have, say, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maryland, Maryland as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, not in the Virginia, not in the, Virginia, Virginia, not in the Northeast, but Colorado is typically uh, well remarked for uh, education, graduation rates, and yeah, other yeah. sorts of resources. So, like for example, yeah, Maryland was my hometown, my home state. Actually, both of our home yeah. states. Oh yeah, so, oh yeah. Uh, that was compared to Ireland. 
which is yeah, which is interesting. And I think I mean this is just kind of a fun thing. It kind of raises awareness. I think the big takeaway from this, Alex, is that we we can't look at this as set in stone. I think it's something that just reminds us who invests well in education and maybe what we need to do to invest further in our education to provide every student in our country the opportunity to not only an education, but a great education. Yeah, and I think that we see this in uh, some of our Midwestern and Southern states. Yeah. Uh, Georgia uh, is definitely kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit. Uh, New Mexico. uh, Nevada. Yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. And we're not saying there's not great teachers out there and that there aren't good schools out there. This is just like a kind of a ranking I think it, I think it's more again at, from a top down thing. So yeah, uh, what what is what are our state governments and what are our legislators doing to uh, prioritize education? And I think that if looking at that map and if you look at maybe how some of those states invest in their education versus others, we we can see why some of these comparisons are made. Yeah, so that's just something interesting that we wanted to bring up to our audience. Go ahead and Google that, look that up. Uh, let us know on social media this week what you think about that image and some maybe some of your takeaways where does your state rank and what country is your state all right so let's move on and talk about uh let's talk about classroom management for the next 15 minutes or so okay let's talk about classroom management Alex. i have a question for you take me so away. where in terms of all of the different intangibles with being a teacher so maybe okay. let's so maybe think about so we can talk about class management maybe talk about uh, student engagement, um, yeah. lesson planning, uh-huh. um, extracurriculars, uh-huh. uh, everything that kind of comes in with the roles and responsibilities of being a teacher, where would you rank classroom management on uh, that that imaginary list of different mm. Uh, mm. responsibilities of being a, te- a teacher? Uh, number one. Number one. Number one. I would I, be right there with you. I think because, I think yeah. because it, it's just the cornerstone of of everything else if you prioritize curricular design or assessment it doesn't really matter if you prioritize those if you don't have students who are at least attentive who are managed to a point where they're not micromanaged but they can learn from you you know that they can participate and collaborate with peers um I mean, how many times have we heard about students who can't function in the classroom because they're being disruptive or maybe they feel uncomfortable in that environment? And I think I just think that's number one. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think personally, so we talked about uh, different te- the, what comes about with the different teaching. It doesn't matter how well you know your content. Yeah. It doesn't matter how fun you are. It doesn't matter uh, maybe how well you differentiate. Or, uh, or how you accommodate or meet the needs of students. I mean, you can be fantastic at all that. You can have a Harvard uh, bio uh, astrophysic uh, degree. And you can, can be, be brilliant. You can be, you can be Albert Einstein brilliant. And if you don't know how to manage a classroom, you're not going to be able to use those, that knowledge and those skills. Yeah. If you don't know how to set, establish procedures for students, if you don't know how to uh, get certain kids engaged with the content, if you don't know uh, how to break apart a, maybe a disruption yeah. or um, 
have a routine established. Yeah, that, that's going to be – everything else is going to be a problem for you. And I think a lot of people would agree with us, maybe not number one, but a lot of people would agree that classroom management is one of the most important things. But I think what happens is it's an interesting paradigm where we all think it's important, but it's something that not everybody is good at or it's something we continually want to get better at. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's something that it's not – there's not an established uh, way to become – uh, a quality classroom manager, right? Yeah. It's not like, because every class is going to be different. You're going to have different kids with different yeah. learning needs, different sure. uh, mental handicaps possibility. Uh, there's so many different intangibles that come about with one class to the next. Yeah. So what are you working on right now in classroom management? Like what is something that you want to improve on or you're working on right now for yourself? So I, I think what's really important, and I'm going to be seeing this a lot more at the high school level. Yeah. Uh, in middle school, I felt that in my middle school placement uh, with student teaching, I felt that uh, my role was the teacher. I mean, I'm going to be friendly with the kids, but when you're a teacher versus with seventh graders, you don't really have there. There isn't the same potential for. Uh, relationships or in-depth conversations with sure. seventh graders maybe sure. versus juniors and seniors yeah. in high school. Yeah. Uh, so now that we're at the high school level and uh, you can have uh, more in-depth conversations, mm-hmm. you uh, can have conversations about students' futures, and uh, I think you can definitely be a little – there's more potential. Uh, there's a higher ceiling for you to be a uh, important figure in a, a kid's life. Yeah. Uh, at the high school level, I'd make that argument, I think – middle school is fine but that's another conversation yeah um, what i'm going to really work on is not is not being the student's friend right oh okay so i even though i am a friendly guy i want to get i think to you're know, a friendly guy yeah I, I like to think that too i want to get to, <laughs> i want to get to know the students uh, i want to uh, be a influential figure i want to help them uh, go in whichever direction they choose uh post high school but I think it's important that you you don't show that side of you uh, early on in the experience. You show it at the appropriate timing. Yes. Yeah, I understand because that. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you are the student and I am the teacher. And my role and my responsibility and what I will eventually be getting paid to do is to make sure that I am able to appropriately deliver mm-hmm. uh, what my mm-hmm. state decides it needs to be taught. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And I think that a lot of teachers... Uh, they get into I think that there are many people out there that get into teaching uh, because they want to be that they want to make the difference right and yeah you can make a difference right uh, but when they when you say that and when they think that it means that you want to be the person that's going to be the, every kid's best friend yeah but when you do that uh, they won't maybe I've noticed that they won't respect you as much as a teacher yeah right? I can understand that it's it's finding the fine line. Uh, and acknowledging when it's appropriate to approach that line. Yeah, and I think I think people uh, get burned out. I will even admit that early on in my uh, career, all right, uh, early on in college, I wanted to be the teacher that made the difference. I wanted to be mm-hmm. I wanted to be yeah. the cool teacher, right? Right. But the cool teacher usually isn't the teacher that can effectively deliver content. Right. I mean, there are plenty of cool teachers that are great at that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there. I think a lot of people that want to try and uh, fit that role yeah they might struggle a little bit more with, when it comes to uh, managing the classroom sure, and then sure making sure that every kid is staying on task is uh, engaged as yeah well. I think for me I think I think I'm great at establishing routines I think 
Uh, I like to have good rapport with the kids as well, so I'm with you on that. I think that's important. The thing that I want to continually get better at is um, how do I – how do I say this? How do I be there for that kid? And what I mean by that kid is in a vague term that, like, you know, if the rest of the class is good but there's one student who's a particular behavioral issue or one student who has an outrageously – is on a totally different level of learning than everybody else, maybe on the high or on the low. I think in education, we are really good at teaching to the middle. We hit the middle really good, but it's really hard to acknowledge the kids on the bottom and the kids on the very top. You know what I mean? And so I think something that I want to get better at is managing a room where everybody feels like they are being challenged. Not necessarily differentiating to them all the time, but like, how can I be supportive of that kid who's getting who's moving from foster home to foster home to foster home compared to the kid who is at a totally di- like three grades above everybody else and is bored? You know what I mean? Like, how can I make them feel not bored, but also manage the student who has behavioral issues and have them learn as well? Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so I and so I know the I know the research. I know the con. You know. I know, like, the the step-by-step processes and stuff, but I think that's just something that I continually want to get better at. Has there Have you re- received any advice from maybe your previous cooperating teachers on uh, how, to, how to try and um, meet that ultimate goal for I you? Think, I think the first thing is that that student needs to know that I'm on their team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want them to be successful. I want them to have a good day. You know, that I am, like on their team because that happens a lot with behavioral issues when we when we're constantly disciplining a child yeah. they feel like this this teacher's out to get me i'm like no i'm on your team mm-hmm. right work with me i'll work with you you know what i mean i had a student last last semester who was uh, egregious discipline problem to the point of the class just ignored him yeah. um but he was he had a lot of energy and he called out a lot and he was disruptive and i had to sit him down and be like listen you know I'm on your team, right? Like, I want us to have a good day here, but you're making that difficult by X, Y, and Z. How can we improve X, Y, and Z? The, what I've been taught is to teach what you want, praise when you get it, establish pos- teach positive behaviors. But sure. I, think that, I think, like, I know, I know to do that. I think it's just hard to do on a student-by-student basis where you have to accommodate different needs. You know what I mean? What's interesting, uh, your your ideas kind of sparked something in my mind when a uh, conversation I was having. So uh, back in middle school, or back in my middle school placement, placement was, yeah, not, not 10 years ago, but yeah. uh, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, I was on, I was supervising AES, which is essentially uh, in-school suspension okay. so, or in-school detention. Sure. So uh, that was so every Thursday was my turn to supervise uh, that room for about forty minutes. Okay. So, um, so a student was student wanted to, or I was having a conversation with a student. And the student said, "Yeah, uh, this teacher just hates me." Oh uh, yeah. And I got oh well, uh, well let me let's rephrase that a little bit because first off I I hate when kids talk poorly about teachers to you other hate teachers. when they hate the teachers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but uh, what i think what you can do is what, what you say is well listen listen johnny um there is not one te- this teacher doesn't hate anyone okay 
uh, we we all like you. We all want you to be successful. We want you to enjoy school. Yeah. But what we do hate or what we don't like is when you make certain behavior choices, when you make a decision. When you make wrong decisions, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. what we don't like, and that's when we get frustrated because you're capable of uh, turning in your homework on time. You're mm-hmm. capable of uh, not having to throw the paper ball at um, Sally Smith's hair, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but we get frustrated when you choose to make these decisions. And I think when you, when you turn around that way where we want you to, we want to help you, we want you to be successful, but some, but at the end of the day, uh, we're not, we're not, um, puppeteers, right? We're not right. pulling strings on you and, um, forcing you to act in certain sure. ways. Uh, and I think if the student is able to recognize that there's some sort of responsibility on their own too, or if the teacher is able to, um, tell their, cl- their class that, uh, students do make their own choices, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not, whether you want to believe it or not. Yeah. I think that if those students can recognize that, then that can go a long way in helping mold that classroom that you're yeah. really looking for. Yeah, I get that. Okay, maybe maybe a question for you, Alex. What is one really applicable tip that you have for behavioral management, you, classroom management? You briefly man or you briefly mentioned routines. Yeah, I think routines are the do or die for classrooms. So mm. uh, we talked about this again on the previous one, but students like routine. All right, they like They're creatures when, of habit. Yeah, I think we all are. You know, we like, uh, especially as college students, where there no in those big lecture halls that we all like, even though you're in a 300-person auditorium, we go to that one seat, the fourth row, 10th sure, seat to the left. Sure, right? yeah. That's my seat. And yeah. you just get so rattled when that person steals your seat. It's the same right. way with uh, middle school and high school and elementary school students. Yeah. Right? Those kids want to walk in the door and they want to see – uh, the schedule, the agenda for today's class. They sure. want to see what the homework is and have that homework, um, whatever it yeah. may or may not be, be in yeah. the same spot. Uh, you want to have something to do right when you walk into the classroom. Sure. You know, we see sometimes uh, where the students are all when in that time in between uh, class transitions where maybe the teacher's sitting at their desk getting stuff prepared. Uh, but they don't they don't have anything ready for the kids. So all the kids are all running around the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're interacting. Yeah. They're not in their assigned seats. And yeah. then that, that doesn't start the class on a, great on a good note. beat. Yeah. But maybe if you have something like a warm up where you're touching on uh, last the previous class's work, or maybe you're looking ahead to something you're going to teach, or even if it's just something uh, to get the kids kind of excited or to talk about themselves or to write something down about themselves, yeah. something to do, right? And if you have those uh, procedures set in place where the kids know uh, where what to, to do, look, where to they be. know what to look, yeah. uh, where to be, then that can go a long way because then that becomes a habit. And when they get into a habit where they're being productive, that mm-hmm. will allow you to uh, work on your computer for an sure. extra few minutes or get the new PowerPoint set up or yeah. take attendance or yeah. whatever it may be. So that, that'd be my, um, my biggest takeaway, my big thought on behavior management and classroom management is that if yeah. you're able to set up those procedures and those routines and those yeah. expectations of what the students need to do yeah. um, and how to act, if you do that early on, then again, it'll be habit. Whereas if you have them sitting wherever they want they can goof off and talk with their peers uh, during that class transition then again that will become a habit right so you're kind of hitting on the classroom management aspect of having a routine yeah i think my main tip for any teacher who's starting out who's having problems with behavioral management um 
or just trying to get better at it. For me, the number one thing is having clear and high expectations. Uh, so you, you briefly touched on that, I think, in your, your applicable tip. But for me, uh, when I was a kid, my dad would always leave for work as I was getting up, getting ready for school. And my dad always approached me before he left to say goodbye for the day. He said, Josh, what are dad's three rules? These are the three rules that I had to say every morning before I went to school, the three rules that I had to live my life by. And he asked me to remind him every day what those rules were for me. And they're not his rules. He stole them from Lou Holtz. You know Lou Holtz? I am familiar with yeah, Lou Coach Holtz. Lou Holtz, famous football coach. He's on ESPN sometimes now. This is the same three rules he had for his team. Do what's right. Do the best you can. And the golden rule, treat everybody the way you want to be treated. I had to say that every day before I left the house, those three rules, to remind my dad or remind me. And so those are that's the decision I've made. Those are my expectations for my students. You're going to do what's right. You're going to do the best you can. You're going to treat others the way you want to be treated. It's not negative. Don't do this, right? It's not saying you're bad if you're doing this. This is just what I expect of you. And establishing those clear expectations up front, like do the right thing. So, or, I'm sorry, do what's right. So what does that look like? That looks like X, Y, Z. Doing the best you can. What does that look like? Not cheating, right? Things like that. Um, like having a clear unique not sometimes like just really simple expectations but are at a high standard yeah um pushes kids to be the best they can be and allows me to manage the classrooms like hey that is not what you're i think you're breaking one of mr twary's rules which which rule you break in here yeah yeah let's what can we do differently next time things like that you know what i mean yeah i think that's something that i want to take and apply in my classroom one day so just calling out to the audience and you, Alex, if you if I walk into your classroom, you're using Lou Holtz's three rules. I know where you heard it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know where it came from. Um, so that that's really what I do. And I think that's been really helpful in my placements, um, having something that's unique to Mr. Twery of what he expects of me. And it's kind of re- it's kind of rememberable. Keep it positive for sure. Yeah, I really I really do appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Well, at this point, uh, I think that's a great conversation we had about classroom management. Yeah. Um, ultimately, like, like I said, keep it positive. Uh, be unique to yourself. But at the end of the day, I think we can both agree that uh, if you're able to establish those procedures and you're able to manage a classroom effectively, yeah. uh, then everything else will kind of fall into place, and you will have mm. a, a fantastic time as a teacher wherever yeah. you are. Yeah. So at this point, um, let's go ahead and wrap up here. So I uh, want to thank everyone before we sign off for listening to our podcast as usual. Let's continue this conversation that we've had about classroom management through our Facebook group, Two Coffee Teachers, yeah. or our Twill, or excuse me, our not our Twiddle, uh, but our Twitter, Twitter, hand, Twitter handle, handle um, that is at the number Two Coffee Teachers, all lowercase. You can even leave us a voicemail for our next episode. We'll even put that voicemail on the uh, show for you that to play back for everyone. That is going to be 443-300-8908. On top of that, it would also be really helpful to us if you can race on iTunes. This is the best way for us to get the show out to uh, everybody outside of our networking community who may not have access to the show. Uh, so thank you so much for being a part of the Two Coffee Teacher Podcast. We appreciate you guys. Uh, keep up the good work. Stay encouraged uh, without needing to have that second cup of coffee to do so. See ya. Have a good week. I can see the sweet sun pouring down in the strawberry sky.
the St. John's Riverside And I can see Maggie running through the fields full of water 